into that higher place in you, into the from glory to glory, as we behold you, Lord, as we behold your Lord. Direct our thoughts, direct our hearts now. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today being the day of Pentecost that we celebrate, we know it's a historical day for the church. For on that day, I believe God caused the church to be born. Before that time, the disciples were waiting in the upper room, fearful, anxious, praying. They were stunned by the, the uh, what, Jesus, what happened to Jesus at the cross. They did not understand what happened. Until Jesus rose from the dead and revealed to them by revelation knowledge what actually happened. How the victory was won through the weakness of Christ. It's through the sacrifice and weakness of death that Jesus conquered the devil and all the authorities and powers, it says in Colossians, and made an open display of them, stripping them of their powers. Amen? And so now, at this day, the day of Pentecost, after waiting ten days, as the Lord commanded them, originally we know He spoke to more than 500 disciples at the mouth before He was taken up. But there was only 120 who remained. And how many of you know it takes perseverance, it takes patience, it takes a determination to receive the answer to your prayers, to receive the promises of God. God is looking for hearts that mean business with them. Amen? And these 120 in that upper room, they were faithful, faithful to the Lord. They stuck it out. And they weren't going to move until they received what God had promised. The Lord had promised. Praise God. 120. For 10 days after Jesus was seen by them, for 40 days after his resurrection, he bore witness and taught them and showed them. But then he was taken up to heaven to send the Holy Spirit. Oh, how sad it is. I tell you, it's, I know it grieves God's heart. When we have churches who don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who have an intellectual knowledge of God, but don't experience the power and life of the Spirit. How sad it is. Because when you have an intellectual gospel built upon a foundation of man's doctrines of why God doesn't do miracles today, why God doesn't save people today like he did in the old days. Why God doesn't heal? I tell you this. It's sad. It's sad. Because Jesus provided everything for us at the cross. And he said in his word, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, he said, those who come to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And in the beginning of that verse, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. When Jesus walked on the earth, he was looking for faith. 
He came to heal. He came to deliver. He came to show the Father's love and compassion. Amen? Amen. When he walked in the flesh, he went about healing and delivering the oppressed. Those oppressed of the devil. Full of compassion, full of grace. He didn't come in judgment. And Jesus, when he left, he said, you shall receive the power, the same power that was upon me to be upon you to do the same works. Amen? To continue on the ministry of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it, we need to have a faith a believing faith. How many of you know that you can have a faith in it being dead? You can have a dead faith without being dead. A dead faith is like James chapter 3. It talks about how you say you have faith. Show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. James talking. He said even the demons believe that God is one. And they tremble. There's a quality of faith the Lord has called us to. It's a faith that is given as a gift. That when you hear the word of God, you hear the message of Jesus, faith comes with that message by the Spirit. There's a spirit of faith. And as we receive that faith, we believe. And as we believe, true faith has works, has corresponding action. Amen? Our model here. What is it? Faith without works. No, what is it? Action. 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 And it's through that faith that we receive the promises of God fulfilled in our life. This is a big promise. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, not, he said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and also with fire. Talks about that in John. Yeah, the Gospel of John. You should be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. What does it mean to be baptized? Baptismal. Be immersed. Be immersed. So now let us look on that day of Pentecost from the book of Acts. It says from verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And it goes on and says, There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear 
Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Pergia. I don't know how to pronounce these words. Egypt, district of Libya, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Man, I tell you, everybody was there. Everybody from all the nations were there in Jerusalem. And they all heard this sound. What was that sound? They were hearing the disciples speaking up in their own languages of the mighty deeds of God, it says. We hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? What does this mean? But it says, Others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your daughters and your, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Amen. Amen. The great promise of, in the book of Joel was being fulfilled as the Lord had spoken to these disciples and said, wait, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and fills them. Jesus baptized them and he's still doing it today. Amen. He's still doing it today. We believe that. I know we've experienced that in the power of the Holy Spirit. We speak with other languages. We speak in a heavenly language. We speak by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We prophesy. <coughs> Amen. But this was the initial, first time that Jesus' church was baptized in the power of the Spirit. And we read the book of Acts, what happened after that? They went out. Same miracles. You know, in the beginning, the church was originally all Jews. All Jewish people, right? There was no Gentiles. They were in Jerusalem. It was all Jews that came to Jerusalem. On that day, what happened after Peter finished his message? 3,000 souls were saved. Pentecost, Shavuot, the harvest has come. Amen. Jesus was Christ with the first fruits. And then comes the harvest. And the harvest, 3,000 souls came into the kingdom on that very day of the baptism. And I'm telling you today, God is calling us into the harvest. Yes. There's a great harvest. You know, the prophets of today, many are saying the same thing about this being a special Pentecost this, this day. It's a marker. Just like this day was a marker in, in the book of Acts, it marked the beginning of the harvest of souls. Remember when Jesus spoke to his disciples after he spoke in John chapter 3 to the woman at the well, and she heard the word of God, and she went back to her village, and she told all the villagers of this man, this 
prophet of who he was. And they all came out to Jesus. And while they were coming to Jesus, his disciples were with them. And he told them, don't stay here four months until harvest. For look, the fields are white until harvest. In other words, all these people were coming to Jesus already. And he was telling the disciples that the harvest is here. Those who are sowing, those who are reaping, are one and that they are blessed in him. Blessed. How many of us? And he said, you, he's telling his disciples, you have entered in and are reaping the harvest where you have not labored. You have not labored, he's telling his disciples that. They are not the ones who are living amongst the people and praying. You know prayer is a labor. Amen? Prayer is a labor. And it's a labor of, of, of love that God works in our hearts in such a way that it causes us to cry out to God for our, those we love, those we see in such great need. Our hearts grow. Our hearts grow within us for those who are lost. Here we are saved. And we witness to them and we speak of God's love and salvation. And it's like we don't see anything happening. So we go and pray some more. We keep on praying. Amen. For years, for years we've been praying. I want you to know that God hears those prayers. And God is a God who created agriculture. He created the seed. He created the sowing. He created the harvest land. The period that we don't see that is, there's a growth coming on when we look at plants, when you plant the seed in the ground, you don't go and dig it up and check if it's growing right. You patiently water that thing and you wait and you expect it, hopefully, to sprout. Amen? And you don't, you don't, and you see it sprout, then you don't start beating and say, hurry up, hurry up, grow. What's taking so long? No, you know there's a, there's a process, there's a time period for that seed to grow into a full mature plant. And Jesus gave that parable about the kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of God is like a man who plants a seed in the ground. Yeah. And he goes to the bed, he wakes up, he spends the days, up, you know, spending his days and that seed's in the ground. And one day that seed sprouts and it starts to grow and it grows into flowers and it has the seed and it has the fruit and then the harvest comes. Well, I'm telling you today, God has been speaking to me. He's saying the harvest has come. For us who have been laboring in prayer for years, not just one year, not just five years, not just ten years, but for many, many years. Maybe hundreds of years there's been those who have labored in the past. Prayers that have not been fulfilled yet. I'm telling you, God is going to bring the harvest. Think about Queen Lydia Kalani. Her prayers for her kingdom, for her people. Have they been fulfilled yet? We don't see it fulfilled yet. But we know God heard those prayers. Because she surrendered to God for, for justice. She surrendered to the Lord God. All peoples who have been wrong. If we will turn to the Lord and look to the Lord for justice, look to the Lord for vindication, 
He said the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's why we prayed this morning concerning the rights, the hatred, the evil that's trying to be stirred up. You can see the enemy. He's the one who wants to divide. He's the one who wants to cause this corruption and destruction. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen? He's the Prince of Peace. He's a God of love. And He's righteous. And He's holy and good. And Jesus fulfills His promises. God will fulfill His word to us. He has spoken. And He shall do it. But our part requires something. It requires genuine faith in Him. A trust in Him. A faithfulness in Him that we will not give up. And by the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God enables us to work with Him. Not just for Him. There's many people working for God and saying they're doing God's service by killing, by violence. And they think they're doing God's service. No. But it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. In union with Him, we go about doing our Father's business like Jesus did. And we join with Him out of relationship, out of hearts of love, because it's faith that works by love that produces. It's faith that works by God's love that produces. God's love never fails. Amen? We know those scriptures. God's love never fails. When we understand the character of God, the faithfulness of God, we hold on to Him. No matter what it looks like. No matter what the situation. You might be going through the fire. God promises you shall not be burned. Amen? You might be going through the waters. God promises you shall not be drowned. He says, I am with you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve a mighty, awesome God. And He can do far above what we can ask or think. But we've got to have faith. We've got to trust Him. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning of the harvest. And I believe God is speaking to us in this season, this harvest season. I believe God is going to baptize and is baptizing His church with a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have not received, have not experienced that, I'm telling you, you look to God and He will fulfill. Look to Him in faith and He will do it. Man doesn't do this. This is the work of God. This is the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ and I will baptize you with my spirit. It's Him who does it. And what's the purpose? So that we can live and fulfill God's plans for us, which is in line with His will, right? We submit ourselves. These, these 120 in the upper room, I know, they were totally surrendered. Amen. They were totally surrendered to God, to Jesus Christ. He is, He was Lord of their lives. He, they were going to obey Him no matter what. And that's the same spirit we need. You know, that's the spirit of faith. That is the spirit of faith. Faith, faithfulness, right? God, because God is faithful. Jesus is our forerunner. He's gone before us. 
to send the Holy Spirit. And now, today, here we are. We rejoice in the promises of God. One last, I want to read one last thing in uh, Psalms 126. Psalms 126. And in this Psalm here, 126, it talks about when Israel were brought back from the captivity of Babylon. And, you know, for 70 years they were, under, they were captives of Babylon. This is after the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And for 70 years, they were slaves. Let me read this. It's a short song. It says, When the Lord brought us back, the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. God has a bottle, a, 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 a vessel that holds our tears in heaven. Amen. Amen. He's, he's faithful. And those who sow with tears from their heart, we cry out. We cry out for others. We cry out for the will of God, for salvation. We're going to reap. Oh, ye of little faith. Where is your faith? But the woman who, 
came in behalf of her demon possessed daughter. He praised her faith because she would not give up. She would not give up. And Jesus tested, tested her faith because, you know, certain miracles, certain things require great faith, greater faith. We know that scripture, grain of a, was it, of a mustard seed can move mountains? Yeah. Well, that mustard seed can be great mustard seed faith. A faith that will not give up. I pray, I pray, and we've been praying. We're praying. In our closets, in a secret place, we're praying. Our hearts are crying out. When we're walking around, and we see our hearts by the Holy Spirit is groaning for these that are lost. This time's the tears flow. Tears flow. By God's love in our hearts. Travailing like a woman to give birth. There's a travailing prayer that God, by the Holy Spirit, that power works in us. That we know it's not us, but it's God in us. The tears flow. I want you to know. We shall reap the joy and we'll shine. Amen? Amen? Don't lose heart. We shall reap if we do not grow weary, right? Amen. Keep doing what is good. Keep doing what is right. Keep abiding in Christ and He's going to bring it to pass. But I believe God's saying this is the season, this is a marker for us today. This day of Pentecost, according to the prophets, what they're saying, is a marker of the harvest. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. The church has been waiting for God to move. We pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And he's, he's speaking to his church today. How many of you believe and are willing to be that laborer? Yes. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Not enough our own yes. thinking, our own reasoning, our own strength. But by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. From that day forward, the church was transformed from a weak, hiding Fearful church, they became bold. They came out of that building, that upper room. They were outside the building, declaring the praises of God in the power of the Spirit, not in their own strength, not in their own intellect, but by the power of God they spoke the word. Amen. And from that day forward, there was a harvest. There was persecution, yes. But it was all for the glory of God. Jesus is faithful. He has not abandoned his people. He will not forsake us. And in this world, and in this nation, what's been going on? I'm telling you, God is not done with us. God is not done with this nation. There are those who are condemning it and judging it and saying, I'm telling you, no, God has saved this nation and is not finished with us to use us as a light for the other nations and to send out laborers not just this nation but many others they're called sheep nations there's goat nations and there's sheep nations and at the end of the age Jesus will divide them Amen I gotta close 
Cima, Mirkenbosch, 